we think we can only be worthy of love when we have our career dialed in or we make a million dollars or we marry the perfect person or we don't have cellulite or some bull crap that just is simply not true. It's an idealized image. I don't know who idealized these stupid images in the first place, but they did it to sell products that I don't need. So I'm going to create my own version of awesome and I'm going to represent it. And I'm going to love myself as hard and as fiercely as I love my best friends. Welcome to Couch Talk. Here I am, Dr. Annika Becca. Grateful to be with all of you today as we really get into a deep discussion of connecting our body, mind, and spirit with one of the world's best fitness trainers, therapists, and coaches that I have ever met in my life. And you know I meet some really amazing people. Well, I am thrilled to introduce you today to Brie Argetsinger. She's also known as the Betty Rocker and Brie for short. So she is amazing. She's a Czech certified health coach. She's naturally certified structural integration practitioner and ISSA certified fitness nutrition practitioner. She has just an amazing history and has an audience of over 2 million people that have taken her challenge, Make That Cry, challenge. And that's amazing. We're definitely offering that to our audience today and encouraging you to get to know Brie and her community. And as we hit some some sensitive topics, I mean, today we're going to hit on the exercise that we can do that will make a biggest fitness change in our life. We're also going to hit on some emotional experiences that we may have had that keep us from achieving our goal. And what are the ways that we can overcome even our biggest challenges, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. So join me in this special couch talk. And I introduce you to Brie Argetsinger, the Betty Rocker. Here we go. Welcome, Brie. It is beautiful to have you here. I've been so looking forward to spend this time together with you. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it too. Well, I tell you, I'm one of your Instagram fans. You know, I love the imagery, the quotes, the inspirations that you put forth. So you are really like your own brand of fitness guru, spiritual, feminine, connected, energetic, and heart felt, heart centered. So tell us a little bit about how you became you. How'd you become the Betty Rocker? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for seeing all of the different aspects of me. Just from looking at my Instagram, that means a lot. I also am a huge fan of you. I have loved reading your book and sharing you with my audience. You're just an amazing force for good and for women. Thank you so much for all the things you do. It's funny, like you probably heard the name, the Betty Rocker, and you were like, what is this? <laughs> it's funny because I got called punk rock Betty Crocker growing up a lot because I was always like a little bit of a wild child. And at the same time, I had this very nurturing side. I loved baking and I loved taking care of people. And I especially liked noticing when someone had like a challenge around something in specific and helping them find a solution that also helped them reach their goal. So I first really got into the specialty baking when I was 
working with motorcycle racers and had many of the guys asking me like, you know, I was already, I was actually a structural integrationist for many years. I was realigning their bodies and I was working at racetracks and I so love that. what structural integrationalist means. Okay. So it's a manual, it's a form of manual therapy. Um, it's hands-on, a lot of trigger point work, a lot of myofascial release, a lot of, in my toolkit, I also had a lot of sports stretching and prescriptive exercises to, to give. I find that I have a lot in common with a lot of the, the PTs that I work with and also technically trained massage therapists as well who have a, a more manual therapy sort of kinesiology background because that's sort of what my sort of background was in coming into this aspect of taking care of the body. And as I was taking care of these guys, they were often asking me for specific eating tips because they would see me come to the racetrack with a, this cooler packed with healthy food. And I was eating all day long, taking care of myself to keep my energy up. You know, I was like walking on these guys. I was pretzeling them up, you know, moving them around. And th there was this saying at the racetrack, always like, go see Brie. If there was anything wrong with them, they'd be like, go see Brie, because they could always count on me not only to take care of them as best I could, but also refer them to things that were beyond my scope, which I think is something that's an often under talked about important piece of the work that we all do. You know, we don't know everything. And I certainly didn't at that time, <laughs> still don't. But they were the ones that asked me for like eating help. So I, I went and got more certifications and I started writing my very first meal plans and also started a blog to sort of follow the journey that I was on and healing my adrenal burnout, which is something that kind of happened from going a little too hard, too fast, too long, which, you know, you're more of an expert on than I am, but I, I certainly learned the hard way what happens when you crash your adrenals and burn out your energy very early in my early thirties. So that's part of how I got here. Part of what turned into the Betty Rocker. Let's talk about that a little bit. So what contributed to your crash? As you know, I was, I was just mentioning, I was taking care of people you know, physically, but I, I think I was really attracted to that because I, I was really trying to figure out how to take care of myself. I was really, I had a really hard time with physical touch. I had, I think, been unknowingly attracted to doing that type of work because I was trying to find a way to have positive touch be a part of my life. And that kind of, uh, you know, a trauma history with a lot of physical abuse is just, it was an important part of my journey. And I had a lot of outlets for the underlying like stress I was always under from a lot of that past trauma. And a lot of it exhibited itself in a lot of risk-taking behavior. I, was, I craved adrenaline because that was the only place I felt really calm. I was constantly anxious and I would mitigate that. I was very socially anxious and I would mitigate that with um, a lot of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and overtraining. I was chronically overtraining because I was obsessed with you know, how I looked. I wanted to be strong to protect myself, but also wanted to be strong because I really experienced like getting, I felt confident when I was validated by the way I looked. So I just had a lot, kind of a soup of <laughs> a storm, a perfect storm for burnout, I think, going on that I didn't really understand. You know, that's huge. And, and thank you for sharing. So physical assault, sexual assault, assault in general, trauma, all of that creates a physiology under the surface, right? So there's that underlying 
you know, under the surface physiology, it's like example, the duck swimming on the water, peddling like, you know, paddling like crazy under the surface and physiology, because I've had the same, you know, trauma and, or similar, you know, sexual assault, loss of my son, accident, trauma, PTSD. It's that constant physiology under the surface that can create this massive disconnect, this and self, you know, highly intelligent people, highly motivated people compensate through a sort of self-medicating, you know, the, the workaholism, I know that was one of mine too. And also, you know, what we can gain, you know, what gives us a perspective of perceived control in our life. And then there's the underlying, like we cannot blame ourselves for oxytocin seeking behaviors as a form of self-medicating this physiology that I call the oxytocin cortisol disconnect. So it may be, uh, it may be sexual, it may be, you know, risk-taking, it may be alcohol, it may be shopping, it may be pushing the envelope in, in so many ways to give us dopamine, give us oxytocin. And that's physiology. And so highly productive, highly intelligent, highly aware, intuitive people can find themselves like just, you know, paddling hard and fast. I love the duck analogy. It's so perfect. Like every, you know, you're on the surface, everything looks so serene because you have this illusion that you're in control. And then actually under, under the water, everything is complete turmoil. Have you read Gabor Mate's book, When the Body Says No? Mm -mm. It's an incredible book that I would recommend. It's all about the stress disease response. And he's done an enormous amount of research around these chronic diseases, so many of which are traced back to sexual trauma, physical trauma, um, but really just the stress response that's a result of bad things that happen that we have unresolved in ourselves. And, uh, and that was certainly uh, true for me and my body was saying no. And that's why I burned out so hard. And it was really that that huge crash that I that I had where, I mean, I just, no matter how much I trained, I was still gaining weight. And then 31, right? I was 31. And I was just exhausted all the time. I had that tired and wired kind of a, a feeling. And I, I, my libido was completely gone. And that was odd for me because I, it had been such a supercharged sort of aspect of myself for so long. And I, I decided, I went to see a naturopath, which was really fortunate, who diagnosed me and helped me kind of get on track. But I, I decided to go kind of back to my roots and I had gone to Tufts University and was studying uh, nutrition and indigenous cultures, so in anthropology. That was my major. Of course, I dropped out after two years because I, I was just too much of an adventurer. I couldn't stand being in college, but that was really what I was the most interested in. And I went on to pursue more training in that regard later at Florida International University and then later in Colorado. But I was just so fascinated by how people have used food as medicine. And I really went back to my roots and started to do a lot of independent study and started to apply things and self-experiment and started making green drinks and green soup and green smoothies and started cooking a lot more and just getting really aware of how grain preparation was so important. I'm really not anti- carbohydrate, what I am is very pro anti-inflammatory complex whole food based carbohydrates. And, and that's really just a tiny part. What I really care about is whole foods and finding whole foods that have been grown 
responsibly with as many of their available nutrients as possible. And of course, supplementing when we're not able to get everything that we can from the soil and from our whole foods. And that was really what ended up, I'd started a blog just talking about all this stuff and how I was eating because I was healing myself. And it was about a year into the blog that I got an email from Whole Foods Market and the healthy eating specialist was like, hey, Betty Rocker, one of our team members is being featured as the healthy team member of the month. And she's lost 50 pounds over the past year. And when we asked her what her success was really being attributed to, and she said, it's Betty Rocker. I read her blog. She comes into the store. I've met her. She's the reason behind why I was able to have this transformation. And I mean, 50 pounds over the course of a year is, is a really healthy, really good kind of weight loss, um, especially if you're just looking at actual body weight loss, because this isn't, you know, accounting how much muscle she may have gained in the process. And she was in her early fifties at the time. Anyway, it was really great. And I started, they asked me to start teaching cooking classes. And that's where I started to sort of develop really the confidence that my blog was actually really serving people. Cause I had been writing it just to help log all of the things I was doing that were helping me. And it ended up really helping someone else, specifically someone who I knew. I met her at the store. I would talk to her. I was always fascinated by like what the people that worked in the store would knew about the food. Like, where did it come from? Is it fresh? And like, I feel like people who, a lot of the times it's so interesting. I had an assumption that people who work in places where they have this abundance of food would know the most about it, would know how to take care of themselves. But I found often the opposite was true. It was so frequently that we're up so close to and have all of this abundance of information and we're overwhelmed by choice or we're overwhelmed in knowing how to take care of ourselves. So I just really wanted to make things simple and and accessible. And that was really kind of the foundation of the Betty Rocker blog and of everything that I do. Wow. I tell you, you've done amazing. Now you have over 267, I don't know, 300,000 followers on Instagram. You have an amazing blog, amazing presence and a podcast, and you are embodying a work-life passion that is serving you and serving others. And what I liked, you said, you know, that you through helping you, you help someone else. So helping me, helping you. And I want to emphasize that, like write it down, everyone who's listening, helping me, helping you. Because when we, you know, we can't give from an empty cup, right? We have to help ourselves in order to help everyone else. And especially for busy working moms, I mean, it's crazy, you know, like often we're the last on our to-do list. And that doesn't that doesn't create much sanity in the long run and in the short run, you know, for sure. So helping me, helping you. And that's a really, a really good way to approach it. And, and that now you've served and helped hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other people. So I want to congratulate you from that. Now, as you've transitioned more into the whole recognizing how this underlying physiology affected your physical health. You've incorporated that into your messaging, into your training, into your coaching. And I, I want you to talk a, about that too, because what drew me to you, number one, we met, we met with JJ Virgin out in, where were we? I remember oh, Austin, we were, we California, Austin. San Diego, yeah. Austin. Yeah, we were at Michelle's event, which was so awesome. And we got to, I think it was in the, v, we were in the VIP and of course, we were, we were so in the VIP, Anna. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It just means good champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And so I was able to, yeah, connect with you and, and just feel like 
energy, sincerity, you know, compassion, and a desire to connect. And so that's, that was definitely what attracted me to you and your messaging and has piqued my interest. Now I'm like, okay, I'm doing whatever you tell me to do, Brie, just (laughs) (laughs) make it easy. Just give me one thing a day. (laughs) And that's actually what I ended up creating something that is really meaningful to me over 2 million people have actually taken my Make Fat Cry 30-Day Challenge. And I named it Make Fat Cry because it was such a catchy, fun slogan on Instagram that kind of made me laugh, you know? And I think a lot of what I have really focused on doing, my family will tell you this, anyone who knows me will tell you, Bree's really good at meeting people where they're at. Because I don't expect everyone to know everything that I know. I didn't know everything that I know when I was starting out. And had you come to me and given me this big spiel about the inner workings of the body and how all the systems affected each other and how I really needed to start with sleep, I would have been like, cool, but what workout can I do? You know, and I really had a focus on my body, the way it looked. And I think that that we are so indoctrinated to think about our body and the way it looks. And this is like a natural thing as well. I mean, it's, it's part of our brain chemistry. I mean, we want, we know that the way our body looks on the outside has a lot of correlation to how we feel on the inside and to our health. And I think it's very natural as women and men to take pride in our appearance. And so I don't think it's wrong to care about your aesthetics at all. I think that how we look and feel is really a byproduct of how we treat ourselves though. And that's kind of where I come in. So I really do show a lot of, of workouts. I show a lot of the things that you can do to get the aesthetics, but I, I really am infusing them with that message of why we're, we're doing that, not only in the knowledge piece about how it's going to affect your body now and long-term, but in how you're talking to yourself along the way. Because if we can shift that inner dialogue, everything else shifts and it lasts. And the Make Fat Cry Challenge piece was so that I could give people, because you just said, tell me what to do each day. The Make Fat Cry Challenge gives you something to do each day. And it's free, actually. It's a 15-minute a day uh, workout video that I send you via email. And you can get it if you just go to makefatcrychallenge.com. You get a 15-minute video a day every day, and it gives you something different to do for 30 days. And what's the catch, you might ask? Because, of course... I don't just do this for my health. (laughs) The catch is that the video goes away every 24 hours. And that means that you have to stay on track. So I don't just do this for my health. I do this for your health because consistency matters. If you don't take action, something small each day, it makes a difference. Whereas if you do take action, something small each day, even as small as 15 minutes. I think Geico said it best, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And I like to say 15% or more on life expectancy, your health, you know, all over all. So that's why I created this 15 minute a day challenge and it goes away every 24 hours. So you have to do your workout or it's going to expire. And it's different every day. They're not all hard in intense workouts. They really are, they're written by someone who knows the body. And, you know, I'm a Czech certified fitness instructor and I really understand function as well as aesthetics. And what I primarily do and a lot of the programs I've created is help you like realign your body through corrective exercises combined with, you know, fitness type 
exercises. I mean, they're all fitness exercises, but people write me afterwards and say, I got so much, t- I like, I have better posture. I'm standing up. I'm an inch taller. It's crazy. I, my, you know, and thanks to you referring me to go see a physical therapist or a chiropractor, because I was telling you, oh, I'm having knee pain. What exercises can I do to avoid the knee pain? I'm like, no, don't avoid that. Go treat it. Then come back to the exercises. A lot of you ask me what you can do each day. The Make Fat Cry Challenge is a good one. Perfect. Make Fat Cry. Make Fat Cry. Love it. Challenge.com. All right. Make Fat Cry Challenge.com. I wrote it down. And I think one thing you said, aesthetics is a big deal. I mean, we have to take care of our bodies. It doesn't matter how old we are. And I, I mean, I went through that in my 30s where I was, you know, fat mom and unhealth, gradually unhealthy and really, you know, just, but so highly compensating, right? Like compensating, you know, work, 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 80, hundred hours a week. And the body was, you know, in rebellion for sure. And, and I want to talk, I want to make that like, it is important that we care for this body. Biblically, it's that like we say the body is the temple of our spirit. And it's the word temple actually translated from the original is the word for cathedral. So the body is the cathedral of our spirit. So ornate, decorated, every detail matters, right? It's important. And what's really important is a strong foundation or it completely crumbles. And for our spiritual energy, because our you know, our, our spirit is energy, our body is energy, our hormones are energetic molecules. In order for us on the physiologic, hitting deep science and the physiologic level into quantum physics, we need healthy structure and function. We need healthy neuronal pathways. We need healthy cell membranes for cell-to-cell communication. So it starts small. Physiology is critical for behavior and muscle building, strong bones, strong brain. So creating a physical routine that fits into your life and that you can have fun with is longevity producing the blue zones. I'm writing a blog right now. I'm doing my birthday birthday blue zones and I don't know what else <laughs> blog. So birthdays and blue zones blog. So I was looking at a lot of the blue zone research again, because I just think it's so cool to look at cultures. And as an anthropologist, like just that background in anthropology, I love world cultures, like what has been done for thousands of years in a society that has flourished or collapsed, right? One thing is move, you know, move naturally, like move your, like, you know, walk to the grocery store, you know, Take the stairs, carry your bags. Don't push them, you know, on the floor. If you're working at your desk and sometimes instead of on a chair. Yes. Yeah. That concept of moving naturally and how you can incorporate that into the day is critical. So I'm excited about this make fat cry challenge. So listeners get that, make that try, make fat cry challenge. Anna, I just want to say how much I love what you said about the cathedral. It's such a beautiful way to describe it and about decorating it. And that's such a natural thing. I uh, describe the body as a vessel of awesomeness, <laughs> personally, and the way we talk about it. And I just really think about it as a vessel because of everything of crucial importance that it houses. And I like feel like it's working on our our physical body is a gateway to working on our mind, our spirit, all of the things. And it doesn't have to be done in that order. But so many people who I meet where they're at, it's the body that they're focused on. So it's the body that I meet them with. And that's how we get to the other parts that end up making the biggest difference long-term. So it sounds like we're so aligned in the way that we approach this. 
We are. And I want to dig deeper into this because so many times it's something energetically that's keeping our body where it's at, whether it's pains, aches, obesity, you know, there are other factors and certainly hitting back to sexual assault, sexual assault and sexual trauma can take us inward, can make us cover up, cover us with, with fat, a sense of unattractiveness. It doesn't matter how attractive we are and how damaging that is to our self-image and how we can uh, you know, overcome it. This is a deep discussion, but like the concepts of 30% of women that I've dealt with, probably 40% have had some form of sexual assault in their life. And for many of them, what I see, especially in this perimenopause time period, and this is the period I call neuroendocrine vulnerability, age 35 to 55, there's this resurfacing of that trauma. We have a harder time with menopausal symptoms, have a harder time with mood swings, irritability, and that's just this whole neuroendocrine vulnerable time period. So past traumas can erupt you know, or come back to particular in that specific time of a woman's life is Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this is where gaining the different spokes on the wheel, so to speak, you know, different ways that we heal our body and recognize the body, mind, and spirit are connected, that this is a, 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 function of work, a function of working together, all aspects of our whole self in order to gain whole health. And I wonder what your experience in in working with women who have had sexual trauma is in reclaiming this self-confidence body image, but connecting them back to their heart, their soul. Yeah. It's interesting that you ask this because this is something that like I've almost never spoken about uh, my own sexual assault and these types of things in my past actually being molested. And part of why I haven't spoken much about this yet is because it's, it's a journey of healing, of coming to terms with yourself in this way. So if I haven't connected a lot with my audience about these topics specifically pertaining to sexual assault, it's because I've been personally working to find a place to speak about them in an empowered way. And I wouldn't mention it to you if I didn't feel like I was there now. It's something that I feel really is pervasive in our culture. And it's not just the actual physical assaults that happen. There's an assault on our psyche that happens almost every single day. And it's so pervasive. It's everywhere around us. And I remember being in sixth grade, sitting at a table in the library with four other little girls. And one of them read a statistic. And it's crazy that this is in sixth grade. And she's like, one in four girls is sexually assaulted. And I remember looking around the table and there were four of us and thinking about, oh, I'm the one in four, but wondering now how many of the rest of us had that happened to, or was it going to happen to in the future? And, you know, there's just this, it's almost like if we don't talk about it, we don't ever get to heal it, not only for ourselves, but for everyone around us. And as a, a practitioner yourself, you know, you, you're working a lot more one-on-one with people. I'm working one-to-many. I'm teaching fitness programs. I have an inner circle, an amazing community of women, and they talk about a lot of these things in that community. And there is such an important 
aspect of having community, of having a community of women to support you. And I think that that is probably, that's been the place where I feel like I've created the safest space for everyone to bring all of the things that are, you know, on their hearts and that they're, they're weighing them down in their bodies. And I feel like so much of the weight that we carry comes from this sort of psychological weight that we are literally dragging around us with us. Because why is it that we can't actually lose the body fat? It's not really even when we're exercising and we're eating properly, like why is it that our hormones are going crazy? Is it because we're old? Is it because of some external factor? No, a lot of it is internal. It's cellular. It's stress that we carry with us constantly chronically from all of these things. And not only things that have happened to us, but that are constantly being put on us. Like all I have to, like I talk to my tribe a lot about doing a social media detox, like going through and seeing who are you following that makes you feel disempowered when you look at their feed? Whose messaging out there isn't actually uplifting you? My friend Sherry Salata, who just wrote the beautiful- I love Sherry. Very amazing. One of my favorite concepts in her book is this word upliftment. And when I read that word, I said, oh, that so beautifully articulates what it is that I feel like is my life mission is like, it's not just about empowerment. It's about upliftment. Like how can we reach and reach everyone up along with us? And this is something why we're so connected through JJ, because this is what JJ does and all of the strong, powerful women that we surround ourselves with. And what you and I are talking about right now is community, is having a strong, powerful community of women to have a shared experience with, to examine what's happening to us, what's happened to us, what's happening around us in the world, to talk about it collectively, to gain strength from each other, to use each other's collective experiences to uplift ourselves, to empower ourselves, and also to resource ourselves. I've been so fortunate to have found EMDR therapy, which for those listeners who don't know, it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And if you're watching the video, you'll see me, I'm moving my finger back and forth because it's like a light sensor that goes back and forth while you are processing some of your trauma. And it can be incredibly restorative and reparative and have these far reaching effects. It's taken me from being extremely reactionary to being able to really be present and be more centered and obviously have a much more rich, fulfilling life and deeper connections. EMDR is something I write about in the book too, and I found it essential going back to our duck analogy, right? That peddling under the surface. EMDR helps calm that down, like disconnect from that constant stressing under the surface. The Hormone Fix. If anyone hasn't read The Hormone Fix by Dr. Anna Kobeka, let me just say what an amazing book this is. It is so amazing. You have done such a tremendous amount of work. And and I think I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, but so many of my readers and members in my beautiful Rock Your Life community have become your fan and comment about your work because so many of my women are, you know, they're, they're in that period of, of, pre-menopause or post-menopause and they are, I'm not quite there yet, but I know I will be. And I'm so grateful to have this resource to know how to prepare myself, what to look for. And, you know, and, and you're connecting all the dots like that are so essential to really fully integrating everything. 
Well, it's been a, it's been a long road, right? We, you know, help me to help you. And that's definitely all throughout the book. But I found EMDR to, you know, be this beautiful speed therapy. And like you said, instead of reactionary, instead of reacting, learning to respond, right? You're again, integrating back into your body, into your spirit so that you can respond. Listen and respond, listen and respond. And listening also so important because we, we tend to drown out what someone else is singing when all we can hear is our own fear or our own stress response. So I feel that we can be more responsive when we are able to also take in more by listening. Yes, I agree. And again, the work starts with awareness because like if we can say, and I can say personally, through past traumas, adverse childhood experiences, those are, you know, we may say, well, I have dealt with that. I have found with EMDR, I've been able to really deal with it, really to clear some neural pathways that were hyper-responding. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating to me. So it comes with a combination of combination of things. And that brings us back to empowering our physiology through physical health, how we nourish it, as well as, you know, how we nourish it with what we eat, how we nourish it with what we see, how we nourish it with what we think, hear, and feel, all of those aspects. How we move, how we move. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite? I'm going to go to movement too, because I know I'm just going to be just like, all the other, you know, my listeners too. It's like, okay, give me a movement that I can do on a daily basis that will help me just get into my body. So that a movement that I love, actually it's funny because it's a movement that I hate and love at the same time. And I've learned to love it because the more I've practiced it, the better I've gotten at it and the more it serves me. But there are two things that I like to do almost every day. One is sun salutations. So I always create, I, I love creating rituals for myself. I think that having a, some type of ritual each day, even if you just do five minutes of, it, of something uh, that's just for you, can really help you make you feel like you owned your day. When I don't make time for my mini meditation or my sun salutations, I feel like I, the day owned me. And regardless of if I did a workout or specific ate well, sometimes I just feel like, oh, I didn't make that time for myself, you know? And so the sun salutations are, you know, they're from yoga. It's just a, it's a stretch that you flow through. I usually do five, but I do something specific when I do them as it's, I actually think about my appreciations and my gratitudes when I go through my sun salutations. And this is actually something that you do on day eight with me of the make fat cry challenge. You actually get to do sun salutations with me. And we think about what we're grateful for, because it's just something that's really restorative takes us out of sympathetic and puts us into parasympathetic and can calm our mind. Some people find it easier to meditate by sitting and I can certainly do that sometimes, but I find a moving meditation is what really works well for me. And if I were to tell you one exercise to do every day to really get your body to, you know, just to get it like going and like really hit everything, hashtag sorry, not sorry, rock your life fit fam who's listening to this. It's the burpee. Burpees are, oh, nice. no. I know, the reaction I get. Yes, no. but there's, there's different variations of burpees that you can do, like the slow burpee, which I love. So that's where you you put place your hands. Okay, um, I'm just going to say this. I, was, I couldn't box for six months because of burpee. I ruined my shoulder. That's why 
form is of the essence. And this is one of the most important things that I teach when I'm teaching a workout is the form that your body uses as you place your hands, as you step back, how your core is positioned. The fact that we always engage through our shoulders if we're doing a pushing movement, because if you're rounded forward, you're creating too much pressure on the biceps tendon that comes through your little chromium process. It's hurting just thinking about a burpee. Yeah, it gets pinched off. And so, so many of us are sitting all day already and our eyes are in front of us. So naturally everything we do is in front of us. So you're almost always working your chest muscles, your forward motion muscles. So you have to almost think about cross-training for your life. You need to do more back pulling. You need to do more exercises for your posterior chain. So if you are going to do the burpee, which I still think is one of the most perfect exercises, you slow it down. You don't jump through it. You step through it. You do it with a lot of deliberation. You engage your core as you come up from that squat. You don't have to jump. Uh, But there's something specifically important about coming from down on the floor to standing up. It engages a ton of your core muscles. There's a lot of integration that happens between all of your different joints as you're moving through this. And it's a very healing, it's almost ritualistic in the way that you go through it, just like a sun salutation is. I compare the two because while one is a more slower, more, more, sort of flowing movement. The burpee is more of a, you know, it feels like it's going to be faster. Yes, exactly. But if you slow it down, you can almost make it meditative and you can really feel your way through each of your joints articulating, notice your core engagement and notice yourself just owning your body. This is the type of warrior exercise that I particularly prescribe. Talk me through the slow burpee now. Okay. So Anna, you're going to stand with your feet about three quarters of the way up your mat, standing tall, engage your core. And those of you who are listening can do this right now while you're listening. Stand tall, engage your core and hinge forward, plant your hands down in front of you, bend your knees slightly and go ahead and step it back. Step your feet back one at a time, coming into a tall plank. You can also drop your knees to the ground here and come into a kneeling plank. What's important, and just hang out here, just feel these things as I say them. I want you to engage through your shoulder blades, gently pull your shoulder blades away and back, even as you're pressing down through your finger pads. Backwards and down? Shoulder blades back and down, gently. Okay pressing your hands into the floor, which will engage your lats slightly as well. And then your core, your belly button is going to come in and up. From this position, you can either drop to your knees or you can just hold the plank. You can do a push-up, either kneeling or on your toes. And then you're going to walk one foot out to the outside of your hand. And then you're going to walk the other foot out to the outside of your other hand, load the weight back in your heels and come to standing you've just completed your first slow burpee. And I love this one because you're getting a little bit of a sumo burpee, which really targets your glutes. And you're getting that sumo squat as you come up because your feet are going to be out in a nice wide position, which I love. And you squeeze your butt as you come up. It's basically it. Okay. I will try again. (laughs) I will. I will. And by the time we publish this, I'll put a comment in our blog and show notes about my... uh, the slow burpee. And if you want a little extra variation, when you come up out of that slow burpee and you come to your standing, drive one knee up and then drive the other knee up. So do like a march in place so that you get a little extra lower ab Mm. bonus. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So, um, (laughs) I'll be doing it. I'll 
incorporate that into my daily routine and see. Hmm. All right. All right. Shoulders back and down. I know the big thing is shoulder protection. So I'm a boxer. It's the shoulder joint and the pelvis. Like those are the two joints, you know, because we've got these extremities and with your shoulder really in particular, because it's a very shallow ball and socket joint and all the stability of the shoulder comes from the musculature that surrounds the shoulder joint. And so when those muscles become imbalanced, like your chest becomes overdeveloped, your back becomes weak because you're always sitting and like rounded forward and you're always working with your hands in front of you, you're driving, you're eating, you're on your phone, you're doing all these things you forget how weak that back is. And you go to see like someone and you're like, work on my back. And all they do is dig into your back and you feel good for like a day, but then it comes right back. It's because those muscles were stretched out. They were weakened. What they needed to do was really open up the trigger points in your chest. What they needed to do is tell you, strengthen your back muscles, stop rounding forward all the time. We want to treat the root cause not the symptom. And that's part of what I'm able to do with the exercises that I teach and the workouts that I do and the awareness of the body from the inside out, which is so essential. Like exactly like you do. You know, we just yeah, well, different angles. Yeah. I like what you said. And you know, about as, as an osteopath, I trained, I went to osteopathic medical school. So working the opposing muscle groups, right. And so you release the opposing muscle groups and you get that stretch. You don't work on the ones that are already strange. You work on the other ones to release them. So I think that's powerful. Understanding the way that the body is, it's almost like you look at a blueprint of a building, the way that the body works and, and, um, going to just, this is why I tell people, you know, like, it's great if you're going to the chiropractor, but your muscles attach to your bones. And if you're not also getting manual therapy or doing some type of exercise or, uh, you know, addressing your, your muscular movement patterns as well, you may not get a long-term lasting effect. You might be addicted to that for the rest of your life. And props to all the amazing practitioners out there working on the body. But as we all know, the body doesn't exist in a vacuum. You can't look at one organ and say that everything is because of this organ. You can't look at one system of the body and think that it doesn't affect all the other systems. Just like we're talking about with stress levels and with sexual trauma and and physical trauma, these are things that affect our psychology and our emotional state. And you, you and know, our physiology your, your and our physiology, physiology. Mm-hmm. affected as a result. So everything is connected. And going to this is exactly what we were talking about about going to the root cause of what is causing the weight gain, what is causing the issues, and finding a way to find that love for yourself so that you can speak about things from an empowered place. You can help uplift the people around you. It's pretty much everything. And you have to be willing to be honest with yourself if you're going to be asking people to be honest with themselves and and help them see themselves, because I feel like all of us are simply a mirror. We're holding up a mirror for each other. And if your mirror is cloudy because you haven't done the work to find out what's at the heart of what's going on with you, you're going to always be reflecting back something murky and you're not going to really get to the heart of the, of the issue. Mm, yeah, well said. And, and one common thread that I see through your work is that concept of loving yourself. Yeah. You know, and having love for yourself. It's a practice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If you're doing a burpee, you can't approach the slow burpee and be like, well, I'm going to fail at it. So I'm not going to try it. Right. And you're going to do it. And you're going to be like, oh, I went sideways on that one. Or I came up and, and I stopped sideways. So I quit. 
right? You're going to like, you're going to try again because we're practicing. We're always Mm -hmm. practicing. I love in yoga, there's always this invitation to fall out of a pose and then to fall back into it. And like life is like that. And I will say with my own journey of self-love, it's a practice. There are days when I really struggle with it, but having the tools that I have used and having a community of people who care about me and I care about them, it's such a strong anchor point that brings me back. And it's really important. That's the foundation of the self-love. So what is something that you've said to yourself and said to your clients to ignite that self-love or reconnect with that self-love when you're not feeling it? Oh, thank you for asking. I think I should just have this tattooed on me, actually, this word. Um, It's another fun word that I found on social media and I kind of claimed, like I sort of claimed to make fat cry talent because these phrases were out there. This one is flossum. And flossum is really fun because, you know, I love that I'm perfectly imperfect. Oh, I, I get it. Okay. Took me a second. Like awesome to flossum. Okay. And I'm awesome. Right. I know that I, and it takes the pressure off me. I don't have to be perfect. It's like what we were talking about with the practicing things. You don't have to do the perfect burpee to be practicing burpees correctly. You know, that's, it's not, we, all of us have this sort of idea. I, I was such an A, I was such a straight A student because I felt like I was supposed to be so perfectly academic all the time or I wouldn't be praised. And I feel like that sort of, we all have this idea of like, we have to get it right. We have to get it perfect, but really you don't, you have to get it flossom because you're awesome and you are also flawed and we have to accept that we don't have to be perfect to be great. And that I think helps me mentally get past my hurdles. I remember when I first started teaching fitness classes and fitness to my members and on my online classes. And if I would make a mistake, was, was I supposed to stop? Because I, I started, I recognized early on that if I had stage fright or I was worried about how people were perceiving me, that was all about my ego. I was all worried about what people thought about me. Instead of remembering I was there to serve them, I was there to help them. And if I made a mistake and I could laugh about it and keep going, it gave them permission to make their own mistakes and to keep going. And so I got over myself and I just allowed myself to be effing flossom, Anna. That's what I am. And yes, you that, are. <laughs> thank you. And that's really a big piece for the, of the self-love for me, I think, is why I brought that up. is because we think that we're only worthy of love when we have a perfect six-pack abs. We think we're only going to be worthy of love when we can wear a bikini. We think we can only be worthy of love when we have our career dialed in or we make a million dollars or we marry the perfect person or we don't have cellulite or some bull crap that just is simply not true. It's an idealized image. I don't know who idealized these stupid images in the first place, but they did it to sell products that I don't need. So I'm going to create my own version of awesome and I'm going to represent it and I'm going to love myself as hard and as fiercely as I love my best friends. And I think this was a a tool that really helped me a lot was thinking about what I would say to someone I loved who was struggling. I would think about how I would support her and I'd be like, ooh, I'm not saying that to myself, am I? I'm saying the opposite. I got to get a handle on that. So when I have troubles now, I write down my troubles in a note app in my phone and I assign them to someone I love and I give that person advice about the problem. And then I take my own advice. And it's a hard exercise to do because it makes me like be super radically honest with myself, but it's so helpful because I'm smart. And if I get out of my own way, I can be smart for myself. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Your own best coach, right? Even the best athletes have coaches. And, and this is a fascinating and you'll love this story. I had a client who was in one of my magic menopause programs. She got on finally and opened up during this one of our final calls. And she says, you know, Dr. Anna, I've just felt like I don't deserve to be healthy. And she just cried. So I, you know, I asked her, why did she feel that way? And she said, you know, it's, it's, been hap- it's been a long time, even since I was a child. I said, well, go back to yourself as a child. And what would you tell that child-like self of you? You know, what would you tell her? And how would you talk to her? What would you, you know, how would you represent her to her? And then she was just that she's loving and she's unselfish and she's kind and she's playful and she's generous and she's caring and she's helpful and all these beautiful characteristics. And I said, well, you know, that's your truth then and that's your truth now. We have to recognize that all these things, the like the words that have stuck to us over the years aren't our true, aren't our truth. And so releasing that is liberating. And I got an email from her today and she said, you know, the amount of progress she's made in these last three weeks has been amazing because she now thinks of herself as this, you know, that those six-year-old qualities, whenever she starts getting in, I don't deserve it. You know, it's my fault. It's this, that, and the other things that I, you know, she's carried on the weight she's carried all these years and just a renewal in her energy and her voice and her messaging has been truly, you know, inspiring. And this is someone in their fifties, right? So it's only halfway. She's only halfway through her life. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've carried a lot of stuff a long time and use this time period of empowerment to release it, to shed it if we're still carrying it, but whatever age we're at, whatever age, powerful. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. And to think about how you've just unlocked years for her life to be so much more productive and and beautiful, like where she feels herself more. It's, it's so powerful. And I, I, I interjected that like she's only halfway through her life because I really feel like we are so attached to thinking that we can only live a certain number of years because of the way that we've been sort of conditioned to the same way that we think we're not good enough if because of the way that we've been conditioned. And I, I think it's, it's possible to live longer, to live healthier, to live more fulfilled now than it ever has been with access to these these very simple and very important tools of self-exploration, of awareness, of the kind of coaching that you do and I do, and the tools we have for nourishing our bodies, moving our bodies, and, and the kind of science and medicine that are all kind of interconnected in this very special time we live in. I think that so much more is possible. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing I asked her was if I was feeling that way, what would you say to me? So that mirroring back is really powerful too, because sometimes it's even hard to go into the childlike state. And I said, you know, I felt exactly the same way that you have. And what if I stop there, right? So many of us don't recognize the scars that we've had underneath, you know, the overcoming, overpowering, but it's a work in progress. And I like what you said, you know, that when you wish to convey something, you've done the work on it right? You've done the work on it. And that creates a safe space, an authentic connection, an authentic communication from which to heal collectively from, because as you, we recognize, we're not alone. We're not alone. So 
Well, you have inspired me so much, Bree. You have inspired me in so many ways. And I know that when we do our Make Fat Cry Challenge <laughs> and our, our daily burpees, uh, slow burpees. You can choose, Anna. You can do the Make Fat Cry Challenge. You don't, you don't have to start with the burpees. You can do either one. You're not going to have to do burpees every day in the challenge. I'll give you some other exercises to do. Deal. Your choice. Deal. Deal. Okay. And um, I love it. So tell, tell people again how to get a hold of you and where to go to you know, find oh, you. you. Well, you guys all know where to go get the Make Fat Cry Free Challenge, which I think you will love. And if you would like to use my free resources, my workouts to sort of see what my workouts are like, if you want to check out any of my whole food free recipes, some of my motivational writing, it's all available to you on thebettyrocker.com. Please connect with me on my social media, on Instagram, at the Betty Rocker, and of course, my Facebook fan page. And I would just love to, to talk to you and to get to know you. And you're a warm, invitational welcome to rock your life if you find yourself so inclined to be a part of my community as well. I know Anna's community is amazing. And that's part of, I feel like we're already so connected. So mm-hmm. you are always welcome in my world in any way that you choose to show up. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having, spending time with us and inviting my audience to your community to your challenge. It's loving. It's definitely compatible. So I'm excited to be there too and to be part of your community. And I want to thank all our listeners for joining us today. And I know that we've hit on some really sensitive issues and there may be some journaling, some prayer, some meditation. Don't ignore what's coming up. Don't ignore what's coming up in you right now, because this is a powerful time period in your life that is, you know, if it's coming up now, then it needs to be dealt with in a loving, kind way as you would to that childlike self within you. If you, you know, get additional help, comment below, reach out to me, reach out to my team at drannacabeca.com. And we are here to help you. This is a powerful connecting of our body, mind, spirit, energy, and working through underlying physiology. That's not our fault, right? That's not our fault that that we can heal and we can fix. And it doesn't matter how long we've been dealing with any of these underlying issues that could be impeding our personal growth and fulfillment and joy. So we want to live through a life of joy and look through, look at life with love and and remove the fear base that that we may be dealing with right now. And I know some of you listening are, so I encourage you to reach out. Let me know how I can help you and certainly share this very, very special episode with your community, with your friends and share your comments below. I thank you for spending time with me on Couch Talk today and our beautiful guest, Bree, the Betty Rocker. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. 